Hello and welcome to episode 10. Oh my gosh, we have actually reached double digits. I am so excited. This is Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones and thank you so much for joining me. Basically, I just can't believe it's already been 10 weeks since I started this podcast. But don't you think since lockdown, we kind of all thought this year would slow down because we were all going to get so much time because there was nothing to do. We were all just stuck at home. And yet for me, it feels like it's gone even quicker. And I think because we are just at home or were just at home, you didn't know what day it is. And it's gone, it's honestly just gone insanely fast. And I would quite like it to feel like it would slow down just a little bit because it freaks me out. Basically, we're in September. No, we are in September. It's the what is it? It's the second. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to stop freaking out now. This week's episode, I am really looking forward to sharing with you. I chat with my lovely friend, Rachel Ivey. Rachel is a TV presenter. She has a YouTube channel, which you'll find out all about on the episode. And all the details for Rachel will be on the description of this podcast. I was so motivated after chatting with Rachel that I actually decided we finished our chat and I went downstairs And I wrote out a list of 20 goals that I want to accomplish by the end of 2020. And I've dated them all. And I wrote my reasons why for why I wanted to complete them and achieve them. And it has just given me so much motivation. And I've already been able to tick a couple off. So thank you, Rachel. And before I say any more, let's just get stuck straight into this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Hello, Rachel Ivy. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm very excited to be here. This is my first ever podcast recording interview you know. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it is. I'm excited to be doing the first one with you because we've not actually known each other for that long, but I feel like every time we talk, we can just talk for hours. I love how close we've got so quickly. I know. I feel very lucky that you've come into my life. Thank you. (laughs) Ah, thank you. I feel right back at you. So let's just get stuck straight in. You're a fantastic children's TV presenter. You've got your own YouTube channel, which is IVTV for Kids. I will put all the information in the description on this podcast as well. You Mm. launched that this year. But before that, you were on a little bit of a different career path, weren't you? So what did you used to do before you became a TV presenter? Um, So I actually have trained in musical theatre. I went to stage school and I graduated a little while ago. (laughs) And I have been in the musical theatre industry for about seven or eight years. And yeah, I've been doing musicals for a a long time, lots of different ones, whether they were um, on land and on tour in the West End and Um, on ships as well so I've been quite busy I've been very very lucky. (laughs) It sounds very exciting so what made you decide to want to leave that? Um, I would say with probably anyone that's listening that is in the musical theatre or acting the arts in general it's a really hard business in the sense of there's a lot of rejection and I felt you get to this point where you just okay, this is starting to hurt a little bit more than it used to. And um, I guess you just 
you have different career goals as you grow older and wiser and with more experience you decide okay well actually that might be quite nice if I could do that and I've always wanted to go into presenting and it was something that I did courses whilst I was also performing and after doing that course I then didn't really get the chance to pursue it because I would then get another musical or another job that would take me away from pursuing a presenting career. So I guess in a way I just carried on until recently, obviously then lockdown happened and it made me think, okay, I haven't had, I'm not going to have anything dancing wise for a while now, which is really, really sad, but I can put my passion and my love in back into something different. And that was TV presenting and specifically children's TV. Was it an easy decision to make, even though you knew it was a passion to leave something that you've trained so hard for behind? Was that difficult to do? I think it's really interesting, actually, because the word passion, I always feel that if you have the passion for something, you should let that drive you forward. But I've had this passion, I put in quotation marks, I know you can't see me, (laughs) but um, I've had this passion for such a long time. And any of my close friends would say to me, oh, you've wanted to do that for such a long time. You've wanted to start a YouTube channel for ages. I can so see you doing that. And I guess having those people now finally say to me, yes, like, I'm so glad you're doing it because you've been wanting it for so long. But my point is, is that if I've had that passion from, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, I came up with this idea of wanting to do a YouTube channel for children. I clearly didn't have the fire that I thought I felt back then because I didn't do it. And I wasn't ready to let go of my theatre career because I still had the love for that and I still do have the love for that but I just I guess it took me to have a complete stop and a complete break no auditions no phone calls from the agent not no paycheck coming through for for a show that I was in for me to go actually I have the time now to sit down and actually plan what I want to do with TV and to be honest I know that lockdown has been such a whirlwind for everybody but for me it's been like a blossoming kind of experience because I've now managed to put my all into just going forwards with TV presenting and I've met like the likes of you I've met so many people that have been so kind and so giving for the industry as well and giving knowledge giving their experiences so I just feel so lucky that I've come as far as I have in just four or five months You really have done so much in such a short space of time. Do you think, so would you really put it down to lockdown? Because I completely agree with you. I think although lockdown has had devastating effects and there's no denying that in a lot of areas, but it has caused people to have to stop and actually look at their life and see, am I happy? Am I doing the things that I want to be doing? So would you say it was just lockdown that made you feel? I actually had a goal set for this year. So I was meant to be on a cruise ship going around Europe doing We Will Rock You. And I was doing it for this contract in particular for for a second time. And I was so excited to just get back out there and really put my all into something. But the good thing about what I was doing as a repeat and doing the show again was that I already knew what to do on that job. 
So I was gonna use that to my advantage and create my YouTube channel on the side. So I always had, I always knew that I was gonna do this YouTube channel in 2020, no matter what. And I knew that for me, it was gonna be like a, a kind of blooming and like bubbling reason to do that because I was gonna be getting paid and I can just have that as my side hustle on the ship because everybody, I know not everybody knows what cruise ships are like, but most people have a side hustle, whether it's hairdressing or they do eyebrows or they crochet, like everyone has something that they like to do on the side, uh, like okay. in courses and things like, because as a, as a dancer and as a performer, we do have a little bit more downtime than most other crew members. So we're very lucky in the sense that we can broaden our creativity skills and as a, uh, as a management as well, I was going to be dance captain. I was going to take on the role to help everybody else decide what else they wanted to do whilst on this contract and hold everybody accountable to a goal that they perhaps want to achieve by the end of that contract. So yeah, I think it's really important to, even though you have this passion and you in a, in a job, you're so lucky that you love what you do. I think it's also important to always have something else that you're looking to and you wanting to achieve because it gives room for other things to manifest as well if you take your mind elsewhere, if that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. And you that's very interesting that you said about you were going to take the role to help people find things that they enjoy to do outside of working on the cruise ship because that's something we're going to move on to very shortly about setting goals and obviously you've mentioned the courses but what other steps did you take to transition and think what what did you have to do to fully transition into this presenting career from your dancing career that's quite tricky because it's kind of just happened but if I break it down I, I already had my green screen. So for starters, I sat down and I said, right, well, this is what I'm going to do. And you know, actually my first initial idea for my YouTube channel, which is way back four or five years ago, was to read books, just sit there and read books. Oh, nice. <laughs> and um, so that was my first one. But I came into copyright issues because all the books that I perhaps would want to read and this is when the passion thing comes in because if I really looked into it, I would have found books that don't have the copyright problems. Uh, with that being said, then I moved on to thinking, do you know what, I'm going to do nursery rhymes. Nursery rhymes don't have copyright problems and I'll be able to just make them my own. So I was doing a lot of research on that at the beginning of lockdown and looking into nursery rhymes. And I had someone set up to, to record them for me as um, their pianist. So I had, I, I had it all there and it was right in front of me. Um, and I actually spoke to someone called Robin Richford. She's a TV presenter for Scrambled. And I chatted to her and it was like she woke me up. It was really quite awakening. Yeah, like I just I just thought, oh my God, why, why haven't I just done this? <laughs> and she didn't tell me anything different. It was just having that complete stranger because I hadn't, I don't know who she, I don't know, I didn't know, sorry, who she is. And we've never met very much like us two when we first started talking. We got chatting and she was so kind. She said that we could have a FaceTime or a Zoom chat as it was all the way through lockdown. <laughs> And um, yeah, she just opened my eyes up and she said something really Im important that I'm going to stick to is that have your brand as 80% of your idea. So 80% of your career, sorry, is 
your brand. So that for me is IVTV for kids. And then have 20% of everything else bubbling up. So anything else, so lifestyle, um, property, goal sessions, like have that as your 20% and, and that's you. And then eventually if you want to one day, you switch them round. So then I would have just 20% um, focusing on my brand and then 80% I would be a, a lifestyle presenter, for example. So yeah, that's kind of, I, I maybe have lost, lost the question there, but I think the main part that helped me through getting over that first hurdle was chatting to people, networking, constantly talking through to people that are at a stage where I, want, I wanted to be. And I guess I saw Robin as someone that I would aspire to be like, and she, yeah, she's been a little godsend. There's, there's more than just Robin that I spoke to in, in lockdown, but and I'm still talking to now, but she really stands out for me. You didn't lose the question at all. That was a perfect answer. And actually, <laughs> that's helped me because I found that advice with the 80% brand and 20% everything else really useful because I haven't heard that before. And it's something I've personally struggled with, with being a generic presenter, but you need to have such a clear niche. And that yeah. can be quite hard if you're yeah. just someone that enjoys talking to camera or talking in a microphone you've got to be clear to get yourself out there you've got to have that clear idea and you're very good at that and I also find that you're very good at networking and explaining about the 80% and 20% leaves me very nicely onto my next question because you've definitely hit the ground running we could, we've heard all the things that you've been up to and it seems like you keep yourself super busy because not only do you have IVTV for kids but your Instagram you host your own show on that called Goal Getters which I have loved and I found it really motivating you chat to different guests about their dreams their lives and how they achieve their goals so with all that being said and everything you've talked about so far you're obviously very ambitious and very driven what does setting a goal mean to you? Yeah, I, I guess I'm normally on the other side. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think it's important because whether you are setting a goal that is a daily goal, for example, I don't know, you might say, I'm going to drink three pints of water still, three litres of water, and I would like to do that every day for a week and see how I feel. I think it's really important to write things down and where then when you achieve that, tick it off, like write down how it made you feel after day one, how it made you feel after day two, etc. And then when you've, when you've managed to find the skills with smaller goals, you can then move on to those bigger goals and those dreams that you can turn into a reality. And I think for me, I think the most important thing you can do when you are setting yourself a goal is to have someone hold you accountable. And whether that is your mum, whether that is your partner, whether that's a complete stranger that you've just been chatting to online. You just have to have those people that are there to support you and want you to do well too. I think we can sometimes get ourselves stuck in a bit of a rut when we're on social media because we see people doing so well and we're like, oh, why are they doing so well? Why are they getting this and I'm not? Whereas actually, if you chatted to that person, they might be the first cheerleader that you ever have. And I think it's really important to just have that person, that cheerleader. And I do talk about cheerleaders a lot. Like, I think it's so, yeah, just so important that you have that one pure person that wants you to do well in the end. 
I think it's also important to have break you ha make sure you're breaking down your goals. So if you have a goal set, for example, if you wanted to pass your first level of fitness program, you have that goal there in the middle and you pop it in the middle of your spider diagram, you have your legs and you run off all the things that will help you get to that goal and help you achieve that goal. So then I would be breaking it down, I would say, okay, I'm going to work on this five hours a week or three or four hours a day if you're really, really that focused on it. And then you can even break that part down. So then you go, okay, so if I'm going to work on that for five hours this week, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then each hour that you do per day, what are you going to reward yourself at the end of that hour? Because you always need something to look forward to. So say, for example, if I sit down and I do my hour of training online, I say, okay, after this, I'm going to make myself a nice cup of tea and have a biscuit. Or after this, I'm going to go for a nice walk and listen to a podcast. It, there are so many things that you have to think about what you enjoy alongside those goals that you want to achieve. And I think it's important to mash that all together. It sounds a lot and it sounds, when you break it down, it's a little bit overwhelming. But I think if you do get that strategy and the skill to, to achieve a goal and to create a goal, you're, you're going to go for it and you're going to achieve things that you would never have thought that you could do. I completely agree with you. And what I found really interesting, I just want to go back to what you said about having somebody there to support you. Because what I find fascinating and I annoy myself with this daily is if I have a job working for a radio station or for somebody else I will get that work done super efficiently I'm super motivated and it will be done in a second but when I'm doing work for my own projects where there's nobody to tell me off there's no one to set me the deadline I'm setting my own deadlines I do find it a lot harder to complete the work I mean I'll do it but it's such more of an internal struggle and it annoys me because I know how capable I am I know I've seen myself do it when I'm working for somebody else why do you think sometimes it is harder to do it just for ourselves why do we need that other person oh my goodness I completely agree <laughs> I couldn't agree more it's so silly isn't it because we want these things in our lives but then as soon as we sit down and we're doing it for ourselves we get so distracted yes and it's, it's so so <laughs> annoying and I think I probably have done that exactly this morning. I've been procrastinating so much this week, even though I know that I wanted to set up some template emails and things like that this week. I haven't done that. So then my Friday list has just ridiculously grown and I have to cram it all in today because I, that's what I wrote down for the beginning of the week to finish. It was interesting because you said when you're working for someone, so when you do have that one cheerleader that you know will give you a message, will give you a call and say, um, Charlotte, what are you doing today? Have you, have you done this? Have you done what you said you were going to do? When you do have that person, treat them as, if, if, if it's better for your mind, treat them as your manager. Yes, that's treat, such a good idea. Yeah, treat them as someone who is of authority and is higher than you. And then you can go, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, no, you're, you're right. And that's why you have to be quite careful with who you pick as your mentor or as your your person's going to be holding you accountable because you don't want them to be necessarily your mum who is so happy with everything that you do and it, <laughs> you know they'll give you an easy way out if yeah. you haven't done it they'll be like don't and worry about it you. I know that for a fact that when I go shopping with my mum 
and I go, oh no, I can't, I can't really, I can't really afford that. My mum is the first person to say, oh, just buy it for yourself. That looks lovely. <laughs> yes. Because they are your number one fan, but that is the difference. Whereas I know that my, I've got a, a good friend, Hannah, who I spoke to on my goal setting session last night. She is fiery. And I know that if I said to her today, Hannah, can you call me later and make sure that I've done this? She will. And those are the people that you just need to find and you'll be surprised but they're probably sat on your doorstep they are they're they're sometimes your closest people I think I'm going to ask you to do that for me to be honest because (laughs) I say I just do it with my mum and I know that if I'm feeling a bit guilty because I haven't done everything I wanted to do that day I'll almost subconsciously phone her for a chat but tell her and be like oh I didn't quite do this because I know she'll make me feel better about it rather than be like come on you got to do this Mm -hmm. it's so funny you say that so how do you decide what goal to aim for? In general? Yes. I think this is where I actually need to improve because you can be setting goals without even realising them, whether it's if in your head you've said in the morning, right, tonight I'm going to make chilli for dinner. <laughs> this is a really bad example. <laughs> but, but in your head you're already saying, you're giving yourself a goal in your head without even realising it. So we actually achieve goals every day because I'll make that chilli because I've subconsciously already thought about it. But when it comes to those big ones that you have to, I guess, prioritise and that is where I sometimes go wrong because I do, I am a busybody and I do try and get so much done at the same time and actually if I sat down and prioritised what I need to do this week, I probably would have done my emails but instead I've edited a video. Or if I had maybe not done the washing up at that particular point and then saw the kettle and wanted to make a cup of tea, I perhaps would have sat down and, I don't know, written to someone of importance that was going to perhaps get my foot in the door. You know, it's those kind of things that you're like, oh, did I, did I do that wrong? But I think the most important part is once you have your goal there or your goals, write them all out and have... I have three sections, so I have my 10-year goals, my five-year goals, and my close goals, so my one year to or six months to a year. And sometimes they're quite hard to categorise because you're like, well, actually, but I really want that 10-year goal in a year. <laughs> but you've got to be realistic, and that's the way that you achieve goals, is setting realistic and achievable goals. I don't think sometimes, well, for example, if I said to you, what, what's your goal and you told me that you want to have children in 10 years time that's beautiful that's great but sometimes that's not in your control yeah and so you have to you have to have control of things otherwise you're you're setting yourself up for disappointment so I think when I do set them I do sit down and think okay is this achievable in five years or could I push myself and get it done in three years or one year and then from there I perhaps might pick one or two from each section and say okay I'm going to prioritize these ones to be working on and then normally you end up working on the ones that are the closest at first and then you just it's the ticking off that I just love I love the feeling of like oh yeah I set that like two years ago and I'm still going with it but I am, I am so much further with it than I ever thought I would be. Sometimes it's good to look back, isn't it? And remind yourself oh, of what 100%. you said, like you said, two years ago. And you, because you can forget 
and Mm -hmm. not realize just how much you actually have achieved and you still feel like you're at the beginning but when you look back you think actually Mm -hmm. I mean I hadn't even started that six months ago look at what I've done now yeah and also things change like my goal was to be on a ship (laughs) and that was my that was my job at the time and I was going to be doing it alongside everything else things changed lockdown happened and you have to give yourself a little bit of you know just don't don't put too much pressure on yourself if think if you don't get a goal done either it's it's okay it doesn't mean that you're not good at crushing your goals it just means that things have changed and that's not your passion anymore and we change as people constantly so yeah never never be hard on yourself if you don't actually get a goal that you you created maybe five years ago that's so true I mean I've definitely not I've sort of changed and gone back I definitely went through a phase where I thought maybe I enjoy behind the camera more maybe I want to go in that direction but what I realized is that was maybe I know I'm good behind the camera so I feel more confident behind the camera doing the producer work that sort of everything behind the scenes whereas I know my challenge for me is being in front of the camera or in front of the microphone because it's what I love, but it's what scares me the most. Yeah. So it's I think it's very important to be in tune with making sure you're choosing something out of love and not fear because sometimes we can let the fear get the better of us with our goals and it can deflect. So if you think, if someone was quite scared of a goal, what would you say to reassure them or to encourage them to push forward? I It's really interesting you say the word scared because it's the same being scared and having that fear is this is very similar um chemical makeup in your brain as excitement so okay yeah and I read a fantastic article on it from on magazine and I just think it's it it woke me up and I was like wow really okay well that just changes everything because all of these things that I've been nervous about about emailing people about messaging people online or um doing something new on my channel except from these five facts that I've been doing for the last four or five months it's scary because you're you're introducing something new again into your life and a human we just as a human we just go oh but what if what if someone doesn't like it what if what if someone else is doing it better but you just have to go no I'm I want to do this too and I'm going and I'm going to be good at it and that's why I feel scared that's why I have these bubbling in my tummy because I'm actually more excited about getting it and seeing it in front of me than I am scared of it and I used to work for a brand called Lululemon and they have in their windows, I don't know if you've ever walked past their shops, but they have in their windows, do something that scares you every day, or do one thing that scares you every day. It's kind of like their their motto. And so I've kind of taken that on as well. And so then when I found out about the excitement and being scared or fearful, that was that just was like the penny dropped. It does make a lot of sense because how often are you really, really nervous about? In fact, I was even talking to a friend yesterday who was starting with a personal trainer and it was the first time she's ever done anything like that. And she was so nervous and she was messaging and messaging before and she kept saying, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But as soon as she came out, she was buzzing. She was like, I loved it, it was great. And we knew it was gonna be, but the fear literally turned to excitement so, so quickly. So what you were saying from that article, that makes so much sense. And I'd never thought about it like that before. Yeah, I know. I've had similar experience, even just from like filming some of my stuff for YouTube. I 
I kind of put it off a little bit when I want to talk about a subject that I don't know as much about. So I do my research, I, I look into it because you've got to be really careful with the kiddies because they will call you out. True, <laughs> if yeah. you're wrong, <laughs> they will call you out. And if they don't, I'm sure their parents will. So I have to be quite like do a lot of research, do a lot of background um, checking and making sure that I've got all the facts correct. And I was filming something a while ago. I th- it was um, yeah right at the beginning, so I was still like just getting used to my my kind of journey there. And I was just putting it off and off and off. And I was like, why am I doing this? Oh, do you know what it was? It was when I was going to do nursery rhymes. So that's how I changed the five fun facts. And I was I was really trying, and I even set up my green screen. I had the music on. I I was ready. I was doing all the actions, and I kept watching it back. And I was like, this, this just isn't this just isn't what I wanted. And then out of the blue, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to do these five fun facts. And I do the research. I I figure it out. I do it on animals, which was my first ever one, and it came out perfectly. Well, for me, it came out as what exactly what I envisioned. So I think sometimes you do have to go through that kind of like fearfulness and for it to see it have a transition because it might be that you need to feel that bubbling and that nervousness to push you in the right direction. Yes, it's so true. You've got to trust your gut instinct. And also, I was thinking a bit about the goal. If you're trying to achieve a certain goal and you've been doing the same things for a while and maybe you're not getting the results that you wanted a little bit like you said there when you filmed it and you and you didn't like it sometimes you've got to would you say maybe relax around your strategies and look at adapting them and changing them yeah I do think it's about trial and error and it also does come back down to that passion like does it feel good does does it feel right in your gut like you say I think you're talking about your gut is also a, a huge huge part of where I go in life and if I don't feel like something's right I'm I'm quite vocal about it and I'm and I'm honest with myself the only thing I need to perhaps improve on is acting on it sooner so I might feel a gut instinct in my tummy and I'm talking and talking, I'm asking people for advice and and then I almost get too many people's opinion to then, uh, then it kind of masks my own, my own idea of what I actually wanted to do and it masks what my gut is telling me. So I do think that it's important to listen and listen sooner rather than later. I completely agree. I'm, I have a really bad habit of doing that. If I'm stuck, I've, I've got a little bit better with it, but even just with my personal life, if there's something I can't make a decision on, I'll ask about five or six people, which don't get me wrong, it's great to have that sounding board but sometimes if you get too many opinions, you lose what you're even thinking in the first place because 100%. then you don't want to let, you also don't, sometimes if you're a bit of a people pleaser, you don't want to let that person down or if you take one person's advice but not the other because they're completely different, mm-hmm. that can play a part in it too. So I feel like something I, I've used to help me now is tell just one or two people and keep the pressure off because it will dilute, like you say, it will dilute your gut instinct. And I think, to be honest, quite often... We know what we want anyway. We're just sometimes scared to fully say it out loud. And we want someone to either make us feel better about it or talk us out of it. Do you think maybe that's why sometimes we go for advice? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because you almost know that in your gut you perhaps don't want to do something, but you know you'd be pleasing people if you do it. Yeah. So I I feel like you you go for advice 
and you know that you're going to get the answer that you don't want. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's, I mean, that's also comes down to doing the right and the wrong thing. Like if you're, if you're thinking that you don't want to do something, but you know, it's the right thing to do something, then that's a little bit different. But yeah, when it comes to personal development, I do think that go with your gut instinct. If something's not feeling right, it's not because that particular thing isn't good and it might not be good for somebody else. It's just that for you right now, it's not the time. Yes. And sometimes you just, in a year, you might be in a totally different situation and it will just flow so easily. Exactly. I think if you can feel a lot of resistance to something, because I am somebody that if I've set a goal and I don't achieve it, I still do struggle to let it go or adapt. I, ca- I used to be, especially when I was younger, very rigid. Like I had to follow an exact plan. And if I diverted from the plan, it meant I wasn't doing it properly. But sometimes you need to divert from that plan because you might learn some new information that you didn't know when you set it in the first place. Yeah, well, what you're doing is you're breaking down your goal without you even realising it. But you're doing that in your own mind and you're not right, you might not have it in front of you on paper, but you're breaking your goal down and it just takes you on a different path. So I don't think that you should ever be harsh on yourself and be disappointed in yourself if you didn't get the actual goal that you wrote down the fact is you've probably just gone on a better path I really like looking at it that way because and again it you're te- I think we're very quick to put a lot of pressure on ourselves especially if we're taking a risk and a lot of goals we set are taking risks because it's especially with like this sort of work we're doing now you know we're going out into the unknown and it's not a case of just applying for a job and getting a job it's continuously putting yourself out there and it can take a while to build up before you get to a level where you feel like you're achieving really achieving something can't it Yeah, and I think you also get on, when you are achieving, you have that, like, buzzy, buzzingness, I don't know, it's not even a word, but (laughs) you have that aura around you and that atmosphere that you are just on a roll. You know, when people go just say, God, she's on a roll, or God, he's doing so well, like, he just doesn't stop, does he? And that's because their, their positivity is flowing so high that they just are achieving and achieving and achieving, and it's just rolling off. It's like when you come into money at some point and then then there's more money that comes from it and it's because it just multiplies. I think it's about getting on that on that journey of on a high and I'm not saying that everyone is going to be on a high forever in their lives if they get up there because of course you will you will come down a little bit every now and then and you need that to realize your heart to to notice how your highs feel and how to appreciate that more. But I do think that it's about staying on the right path and staying in your lane almost. When, when you know you're in a good place, just stick with it, carry on and take the breaks that you, you feel you need when you, when you need them. What you think about expands as well. That's a quote I love mm, hearing. Yeah. So if you're focusing on the positive, you attract more of the positive. But if exactly. you focus on the, anything you may feel you've failed or something, in a sense, I do believe we attract, not on purpose, but that's what we're thinking about. So that's what we're creating without even paying attention to it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So tell us, what is your biggest goal that you are aiming towards right now on the top of your list? Ooh, <laughs> I suppose you got to hold me accountable now if I say this out loud. Yep. <laughs> um, so my biggest goal is to be on a children's TV programme for ITV, for the BBC, the big channels, Channel 5. I would just... Oh my goodness, it would be a dream come true and that is my all-time goal right now. And the difference is, is that actually now, 
I, I used to say, I used to say, oh, that's such a dream. But now I'm like, this could be my reality. And I think that's the most amazing transition that I've had this year so far. And I'm running with it. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. And I definitely think the way that you are going, you're working so hard that I can see it happening in no time at all because you are just, and you're brilliant at what you do as well. So Thank you. looking back over your career journey so far, and knowing what you know now and learning all the lessons and everything with goal setting, is there anything that you would do differently? Um, I think it would just go back to listening to my gut a little bit more and perhaps saying no to some things. Like, it's okay to say no. I do, whenever I do uh, musical theatre workshops with kids or, or anything like that, if they ask me for advice in the industry, I always say it's okay to say no sometimes. If you don't feel comfortable doing something, then don't do it. Like it's obviously not the path that you're meant to have. And I guess it's the difference of acknowledging whether that is the fear because you're excited though, which is harder for children and for, for young professionals to come into because they perhaps haven't learnt that yet and they haven't got that skill. But I think we all have it in us to learn young with goal setting and coaching ourselves to see things and achieve them with the right strategies. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with me. I've loved chatting to you. And again, every conversation we have, I always feel like I'm a little bit more motivated to go out and continue and keep pushing forward that bit harder because I find that you're very good at the things I'm not so good at. Like you're brilliant at networking and that's something that makes me really nervous. But every time we chat and I can see you networking with more people, you're pushing me to go and do that a bit more and speak to that person there. So thank you very Aww. much for that. Can oh, thank you, you. Can you tell people where they can find you on Instagram and on YouTube? Yes, I can. Oh, this is going to be my first plug. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on YouTube and just by typing in Ivy TV for kids, that's spelled I-V-Y, TV for kids. And then you can find me on Instagram at, uh, I just changed it, at Ivy TV Kids, no four in that one, just at Ivy TV Kids. And I'm also, I have a Facebook page as well that you can like and you can catch all the videos on there and when they drop and that's just the same Ivy TV for kids. Thank you so much. I will put all the links for those on the description again. So if you are interested and you want to go and have a look, you can find the direct links on the description for this podcast. But thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Charlotte. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs>